Hello and welcome to the Voices of Freedom podcast. I am your host, Dennis Gill, and if you are new to the channel, I really appreciate you checking us out. I hope that we can be both entertaining and informative. Uh, we serve here to share and preserve the wartime oral histories of Americans uh, both civilian and veteran alike. So if you're new to the channel, again, I hope that you find what we're doing entertaining and educational. Uh, if you are a longtime listener to the channel, I thank you very much for your continued support. Uh, and whether or not you're new or whether or not this is, uh, whether or not you've been here for a while, uh, if you'd like to see more about what we're up to, if you'd like to see more of our interviews, and we've got over 500 interviews currently online with uh, more being added every day. Uh, we're up to, I think we're up to around 625 interviews total uh, that we've done. This is our uh, 11th year of doing them. So we have lots of interviews online. We have lots of interviews that will soon be online. So you can check those out over at our website, over at www.americansinwartime.org. You can check out our tank collection, and you can also, if you choose to do so, make a donation to the project. Uh, we are a 501c3. We do not charge for any of the interviews that we conduct. Each veteran gets a copy of that interview. Each veteran gets a limited edition challenge coin, and there is absolutely no charge for the veteran or their family. In order for us to do that, we rely on donations from people like you. So if you'd like to donate to the project, if you'd like to uh, help us continue with this mission to record and preserve uh, these very, very important stories, these stories from people who are literally eyewitnesses to history, you can do so over our website, and it would be very, very much appreciated. So, this is the end of June 2022, and we have uh, been focusing on World War II veterans this month, and the reason being is because we celebrate the anniversary of D-Day, which occurred on 6 June 1944. It was the beginnings of the liberation of Europe from the Nazis, um, so we are going to continue with that theme uh, this this uh, podcast, but it's going to be a little different. Uh, again, today's interview is with a World War II, um, someone from World War II, but not a veteran. This is with Dorothy Mosier, and she goes by Dottie. And Dottie was a civilian, and she was 10 years old at the time that the war started. Um, so she did not serve her country in uniform. She certainly does have... Um, some valuable insight um, from someone who actually lived through the time period. And she has uh, a fabulous memory for what happened during that time, what it was like to live during a war um, of that magnitude. Um, she says when the war, when she heard about Pearl Harbor, um, 
she was with her aunt and uncle, and it was then that they had all realized a couple of things. One, that World War One was not the war to end all wars. Um, that the war that the world would be yet again involved in a massive world war. Um, and you know, if you look at if you look at any grave markers that were for veterans of World War One, that were prior to World War II beginning, all it says on the grave marker is the person's name and World War. It doesn't say World War One because, you know, at that time they didn't think there'd be another World War of that magnitude. Well, the uh, World War II obviously changed all of that. So not only did they realize when Pearl Harbor was uh, uh, attacked that World War One would not be the last great war, um, Dorothy recounts that her aunt and uncle were devastated because they knew that their sons were going to go were going to have to go to war, that they were going to be called to serve their country, um, and 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 serve the world really because uh, again a world war many many countries were involved and the freedom of, of of more than just one country was at stake literally the freedom of the entire world was at stake and and her aunt and uncle knew that that their sons would be called up to fight. So that, that's a couple of the, the things that, that uh, they remember from that morning uh, uh, on December 7th, 1941, when they heard about the Pearl Harbor attack on the radio. So Dorothy recounts uh, her time uh, as a child during World War II. She remembers uh, doing the air raid drills, both in school, where they were taught to hide under their desks, uh, and also at home, where they were taught to do such things such as uh, close the shades, turn out all the lights. Um, so basically blackout conditions. Um, uh, they also collected things. They, they collected, uh, lots of things for the for, for the war effort. As an example, she says, uh, they collected the foil that was in the cigarette packs. Um, you don't see it so much today because, uh, the population, has changed greatly, and it's and it's thinking about smoking has changed. But back during World War II, almost everybody smoked. So what they would do, they collect the foil out of the cigarette packs, and they would send that so that it could be used and recycled for the war effort. Um, she also talks about planting a victory garden. And if you're not sure what a victory garden is, uh, a victory garden is basically a way for the everyday American to get involved, um, to boost morale, and also... It was thought that it might reduce the the stress on the food supply because people would plant their own food. They wouldn't have to go to the grocery store. Um, and those that food that was being um, plant, that was being harvested in in the fields by farmers could be sent and used for directly for the war effort. So if you had a garden in your backyard, you didn't need to go to the grocery store and buy certain things that could be used for the soldiers. At least that was the thought. So anyway. Um, Dorothy Mosier has a has a very keen memory, a very uh, uh, interesting perspective about World War II. Again, she didn't serve in combat, um, but she was certainly here in the states and has a has a recollection of what occurred here and what the average everyday citizen was called to do um, while our men and and even some of the women were overseas, um, directly involved uh, with the war effort. So, uh, we hope that you enjoy this interview. Uh, again, it gives some pretty unique insight into a time period most of us don't remember. Uh, we only read about it in books, and you're going to hear about it from someone that actually lived it. So, without further ado, I give you the interview with Dorothy Mosher. <laughs> 
This is Bill Moberly with the Americans in Wartime Museum conducting an interview on the 20th of March, 2015 with Dottie Mosier. So Dottie, tell us your name and where you were born and when you were born. Okay, my name is Dorothy Louise Moser, and I was born in Trenton, New Jersey. My hometown was Bordentown and New Jersey, and um, I was born in 1932. Okay. And what, uh, what conflict do you remember as a child growing up? What was going on in the world? What was going on in the world was uh, the beginning of a concern um, for the fact that it didn't look like World War I was going to be the end of wars to end all wars. Um, and as a child, I had the opportunity to participate in things like uh, air raid warnings where we, as children, run around the house and pull the black shades down. Um, and we, in school, where we would hide under the desks when the air raid sound, uh, siren went off. And, um, and we used to collect things for the war effort. Like, my parents both smoked, so we used to take cigarette packages and take the, the foil out of the packages and roll it up and make big balls of foil to contribute to the war effort although that may seem like a very small thing to do it was very important at the time we used to have my mother used to get lard and we used to help her put yellow coloring into it to make it look like butter um, we used to help her with her uh, stamps for food to help her keep track of where we were and how much food we had left for the month uh, also with gas stamps uh, and that would determine how many trips we could take uh, or she could take us as children to the park uh, in Trenton and in different uh, parades and things like that in Philadelphia and New York. So it, mostly it was a matter of helping to collect things to donate to the war efforts. Also, I had a neighbor who had a large piece of property behind her garage and so I decided I wanted to do something personally for the war effort, and it seemed like it was what everybody should be doing. And so I started a victory garden. Now I think I plant, I know I planted radishes. I don't remember, probably carrots, and maybe one other thing. I am sure that we could not have survived on my victory garden, but it was the idea of being able to do something. I wanted to be a wave. Uh, but I was, of course, old enough at 10 years old to <laughs> to, to even um, consider being able to, to be one. Um, and every time that we went to the movies as a child on the weekends, they would always show uh, films of news. And those news films always included war pictures. I can remember as a child seeing concentration camps um, and that left a memory that I'll never forget um, and other you know activities with always including tanks and and um, soldiers uh, who were fighting and and it was you know it was not an easy thing to to really fully understand but you certainly could appreciate the fact that there was a lot of suffering going on and there were a lot of people who were giving their lives 
for us here at home. And uh, so that made a, made a very deep impression on me. Now, you were 10 years old when you have your strongest memories. What, what grade in school were you, and what year do you remember of the war the most? I would have been in fifth grade at, at the 10. Um, and what do I remember about the war the most? What year in particular? I, I don't have a particular year because every year was every year was important in terms of the war, whatever was going on at the time. I can remember being at my grandmother's home when Pearl Harbor was attacked, and how uh, she had three sons, all of which would have been draft age, and how dramatic an occasion that was for us. We were sitting around the dining room table, uh, listening uh, to the radio. And all of a sudden, the announcement came over the radio and how devastated my aunt and uncle were that, uh, and my grandmother and grandfather were too, uh, that, you know, this was meaning going to mean that their sons would have to go, that my aunt and uncle's sons would have to go to war. And, and I couldn't really quite understand exactly how that would affect me. Um, and, and really, it, it was just an occasion where I knew there was a lot of uh, anxiety about what this meant. And then I also knew that it meant that we were going to be involved in two areas of war, not just one. And, uh, and that, that would have an effect on how much more we would try to collect for the war effort. Uh, and that's, that's where I was coming from. Your victory gardens, um, did you get your seed from any place in particular? Were the people who gave you seeds, or did you just buy them in the local stores, or how did you do your garden? You know, I believe that I that that my my father was helpful helpful in getting me some seeds, uh, and my biggest problem was that once I got the garden planted. Um, I didn't particularly want to weed, and you have to weed. And so uh, I had to train myself to pay a little bit more attention than I, I might otherwise do. But um, the fact that I felt that I was doing something personally that I could do as a child was, was what was important to me. And what you grew was used for your own family? We, we, yes. But it, as I said, it wasn't enough for any family to survive on. <laughs> but. That was that. That really wasn't uh, in my mind that this was going to be a survival issue. It was just a matter of finding something that I could do, uh, besides um, the tin foil and a few other things that we were collecting uh, for for the war effort. Nylons. Uh, we would. I would. I would approach my mother's friends and and uh, collect old nylons. Um, it was very hard for them to that there be any new nylons at that time, but um, anything that was wanted or needed uh, for the war effort, if we could collect it, we would try to do it. And where would you take this stuff? That's a good question. I do not remember. I, I believe that my father was the person who took it wherever it needed to go. Uh, it wasn't I. You know, I didn't. Did you ever do anything outside of your family in collecting? Were there neighborhood drives or any kind of community drives for these things? Um, there were community efforts for getting people to buy war stamps. Uh, as children, we saved our money. 
to buy war stamps. And um, it wasn't because we were interested in, sa in, in having money that we could use later. It was because that was the thing to do for the war effort. And, uh, and so we did. And now, in school, um, what kind of things did you do in school as far as instruction? Did your teachers talk about the war? Did they teach you the drills you needed to do? Well, the drills, as I said, we used to hide under the desks uh, whenever the air raid siren went off. Um, and they would remind us of what we should do when we were home. As I said, like uh, pulling the blinds down on your windows whenever there was a drill. Um, and, and, and buying war stamps. And, and, and emphasizing the things that we could do as children that, that um, were possible for us in, in order for us to make a contribution. Did you do anything with uh, airplanes or observation or reporting of any kind of things you saw? We were very conscious of any time that there was an airplane that went over. Um, my father was an air raid warden. And, uh, and, and he had pictures of all of the different kinds of, of planes that he needed to be uh, knowledgeable about. And he would share those pictures with us. But in terms of going outside and actually observing the planes, uh, he, was, he was the air raid warden. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Voices of Freedom podcast. The Voices of Freedom is a division of the Americans in Wartime Experience, a 501c3 dedicated to honoring, educating, and inspiring. The mission of the Voices of Freedom is to record and preserve the wartime oral histories of Americans, both civilian and military. If you'd like to learn more or to donate to our project, please visit our website at www.americansinwartime.org. Anything else you remember about your, dad, your dad's job as an air raid warden? Anything else he was involved with? No. Uh No, I can not not in terms of his job as an air raid warden. Um, my father was a pharmacist, and he had his own business. We lived above and behind his business, and so we were all involved in in the kinds of precautions he was asked to take for, for his customers whenever um, the air raid warden, uh, the air raid signal went off, and um, and and also he was very much aware of and participated in making sure that the proper medical attention was given, you know, to people during these air raid practices. Um, we lived very close to Fort Dix, which at that time was a very, very big uh, army camp for training. And um, so, again, we saw soldiers in our hometown. They would come into my hometown to go to the movies uh, for go to restaurants or something like that, and so we 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 had soldiers in our lives all the time during during the war because there were so many of them that was um, at Fort Dix that, that used to come into our town. Do you remember anything about those soldiers? Any impressions they left on you as a child? Only the fact that they seem when they came into town. They seemed to be very happy to be away from camp, but it, it, well, we didn't have you know a lot of bars, or so um, they they were very although they were 
smiling most of the time and 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 seemed to be glad that they were there. Um, I can't honestly say that they looked like they were actually relaxed and happy. Uh, they were very very serious, but then what they were being trained for was a very serious thing. Any lasting impressions that you have of that time period of your life or your memories of that time? I think it was it was a time when I was very aware that it was it was it was a very serious time um, and that it was something that we were all hoping would end and that the objective was to not spread rumors which we were all taught not to do um, to do to save things to give to the war effort to get to a point where there would be quote peace and uh, and everybody took that seriously everybody um, sometimes as children do they would make jokes about about names about uh, people uh, for example I can remember uh, one time <laughs> Uh, one of one of my classmates made up this poem, "Hotsy uh, Dotsy, a newborn Nazi," and boy, did that ever get to me! <laughs> I can remember it, so you know it did. Um, well, children can be cruel that way sometimes, but uh, but it was it was something that was very much a part of our lives. The whole the whole that whole era was something that was very much a part of our lives, and there weren't. Uh, any moments when you weren't aware that that uh, that your country was at war. Any last things you'd like to to mention? Only that we came through that war with so much pride um, that that it was that that was a wonderful thing too. That really helped in terms of getting back to peace, um, having having. Soldiers returning, being able to go back to to go to school, having uh, the government support th uh, their ability to be able to go back to college, to to, um, to be able to earn a good living, um, and the way the government responded to their needs, and uh, helping us all to feel that we were once again a, a community that was that could be at ease that didn't have to worry about what was going to happen every day. And, um, and, and so it, it, it made a lasting impression on me that, that uh, we were a very caring, very caring nation. I remember when I was in college, uh, we were starting the fear about the Korean War. <laughs> and um, since the atom bomb had been developed, um, that was one of those things that, during World War II, that was one of those things that we as college students became very concerned about. But there wasn't quite the same kind of concern it, because it didn't, um, it didn't seem to us that we were going to get into a situation like we had when we were in a world war. And so, it, it, it was. It was. It was an experience that, I, that obviously has been very much a part of my life.
Well, you're very welcome. I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you'd like to find out more about the Voices of Freedom Project and the Americans in Wartime Experience, or if you'd like to donate, please visit our website at www.americansinwartime.org. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast.